Welcome to Smashing Through Walls with Carla McGee. Whether you are just pulling up a seat to the table, breaking a glass ceiling, or smashing through walls, grab your favorite mug and join us on the first and third Friday at 11 o'clock for candid conversations with industry experts and decision makers as we navigate and explore all the things related to real estate and community. Good morning, Wall Smashers. I'm super excited to have you all here today to not just break the glass ceiling, but smash down the walls as we talk to Greg Goodman from Horses Help and my one of my favorite real estate agents, Chelsea Baracco, um, who has recently joined me at MHG, and I couldn't be happier. And I'm so excited to have you both in the room so that we can talk about Horses Help as an organization, and not only what that looks like and how awesome you guys are, but and then how it ties into the real estate world and what your challenges are there as well. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Greg. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for having us. My name is Greg Goodman. I'm the executive director for Horses Help uh, in North Phoenix, uh, the largest therapy writing center in the state. Excited to have this conversation today. And Chelsea. Good to see you, Carla. Um, I'm excited to be here too, combining two of my passions, real estate and the equine world. So, I'm and explain super how I how we connected because it's it's really you. So, how did you tell me about Horses Help aside from just seeing your Instagram that you're always there? Yeah, I kind of just like to be a connector of resources in general, um, and it's so it's natural to my behavioral style, and it helps me in the career field as well. I grew up with a passion for horses, like. Um, I was in 4-H, which is like what country kids do. (laughs) (laughs) And I was an avid rider. And then I kind of got away from it. But when I moved out here to Arizona, I was like, wow, this is horse country. This is amazing. I moved here just ahead of COVID, which is a really rough time to like meet people. So I wanted to get involved in the community and I wanted to meet more people and then also be around horses. So I found Horses Help. And because I have horse experience, I actually get to be one of the level three horse handlers. So their programs give back to the special needs population here in Phoenix. And I get to be part of that, which is awesome. And then they have a lot of cool events too that I've been able to be a part of. So, and I think you said a very interesting point that coming here from out of state, because you were originally from the state of New York, right? That I think a lot of people think we are literally cactus and concrete, <laughs> and they don't realize that we actually are horse country, that the the wild, wild west still exists out here in Arizona. Do you think that too, Greg? Do you think yeah. people have that misconception? I tell you, we moved from Atlanta. My wife is a physical therapist, and her senior project in PT school, which is many, many years ago, we're very old, <laughs> was hippotherapy. And being in Atlanta, I mean, it's just a great area to be associated with. But when we found out I was gonna, we were going to move to Arizona, the mindset was, we're out there with horses. And that kind of tied into when we got out here, she said, I think I want to start doing hippotherapy. And that's kind of how we started. We came out with the mindset that we're in the Wild West and horses are available. And that was her passion as well. And it was a great opportunity to start a a new pediatric clinic. Very cool. So then that's what she did. That's what we did. We we uh, sourced a location in East Mesa, just right down from the house, which was very cool. She There was only one other person in the entire state that was doing hippotherapy at the time, wow. uh, Nancy McGivens in, tu- in Tucson. And so she mentored with her for about six months, kind of tested the waters with some of the locations mm-hmm. here that were doing some hippotherapy, so, not hippotherapy, but regular therapeutic riding. Horses Help ha- happened to be one of those locations. And oh my gosh, it took off and it was like, she was overwhelmed and excited and 
you know, we said, well, you know, maybe I need to go get our own horse and put her in a trailer and have horse will travel. And that's kind of how we got, uh, got to the area where we got the clinic and, and built the, built the facility over there in East Mesa and everything took off from there. So do you have a clinic in North Phoenix and then a facility in East Mesa? So Horses Help is, uh, is, is, is our all standalone and it's, it's a charitable organization. So it's owned by the charity, mm-hmm. uh, governed by the, by the, uh, board of directors, but we do have a private therapy clinic in East Mesa called Boulder Mountain Therapy. And that's where we kind of initiated everything. Hmm. Where's that at? It's off Ellsworth road between Brown and university. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we had a very unique business model. Um, typically working with a special needs population, those families, we just listen to the families. I mean, what's, what are the issues, right? So, uh, they, what we determined was they were going to Tempe for, for PT and Gilbert for OT. And they were just time on the road and, and all these entities were working separately. So what we did is we put that mindset together and put all therapies, PTOT, speech, music, aquatics under one roof, and then invited the families in, and then they could get back to back therapies uh, there was better continuity and service from the therapists that were engaging with each other. So they had a client, a little guy might be in working with physical therapy and the physical therapist is doing gross motor work with trying to help rehab. Mm-hmm. So he also wanted to do music therapy. That was an opportunity and it excited the family. But instead of doing voice and they would do dance and movement. So those things and those, so the outcomes were just much better. And we just ran with that and was exciting. It took off. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I have so many questions for you. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> right? I have you for an hour. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to start with your your clients are mm-hmm. special needs children, right? It's pediatric. Do they then turn into, do they graduate? Like, so we're going to just talk about uh, Horses Help for right this minute. Okay. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. So Horses Help um, is not just children. Okay. So we're, uh, it's really programmatic so that you have a recreational riding component mm-hmm. where people with disabilities that wanted to learn how to ride horses would come to us and then we can take them through that process like physical disabilities it could be physical okay. um there's adhd there's a lot of different that we see Autism, actually PTSD, 50, 53 different disabilities at the center wow so <laughs> a lot yeah um so they have that recreational riding component and those folks can come to us and go as far as they want. Some of the recreational riding, the parents and the families just want the kids to get out. It might be a social socialization aspect. Uh, some want to be a little more competitive. So we, in the past, pre-COVID, we had we had teams that would compete, and which is we're excited to get that resurrected this year, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, and then you have a, another program called hippotherapy. So that's PT, OT, and speech therapists. And they use that three-dimensional movement of that horse to facilitate whatever goals those clients hmm. are working on. And really, the whole industry started with cerebral palsy. That's the population that, that really um, had the best reaction to what that, that intervention was about. And then we've got um, our mental health programs. And we started with, originally, children in foster care. So they were having difficulty transitioning, uh, building trusting relationships and things like that. So they work with our counselors and, and our horses. Uh, and we'll talk about the use of the horse in a little bit, but uh, to create whatever outcomes they have. And that's grown, that, popular, that, uh, that mental health co- kind of program is really just the driver for the future. I mean, there's so many things going on, especially coming out of COVID. 
uh, we fell in love with a with a population of trafficked youth about a year and a half ago, and I I was a state rep for Path International for eighteen years. So uh, I wanted to do something special for the state. We heard this. We heard the delivery of people working with trafficked youth in New Mexico at a at a retreat, and it just captured our heart. So we came back and built some healing programs and affiliated with some different organizations, uh, Streetlight Foundation, which is a rescue recovery, Ohana, there's, we work with three agencies now. And then we see those kiddos on campus and we take them through a process that helps them uh, sustain themselves over time. Wow. Yeah. That Lots is... of stuff going on. Yeah. So, and like, so part of me, the, the, the non-host part of me, right? The mom part of me. Um, I have two kids and COVID has been very hard on, I'd say all age groups. I'm probably just more sensitive to my kids' age groups, which is the elementary school age because we shoved them all in a room and put them on computers for two years. And, you know, and they already have in this generation have a tendency to want to do that. And now we're having to like rip them, them out the of right, right out of their bedroom and so it makes me wonder you know and then with like one of my daughters in particular is dyslexic so she already is kind of like atypical and doesn't like doesn't like to people she calls it and so i'm here in my head i'm like wondering like wow i bet that would be a really good program for even someone like her but um i'm really interested in like how many different programs you're working with it mm -hmm. sounds like well one of the uh well, we have the recreation program. Yeah. We have the hippotherapy program. We have the mental health programs. Uh, one of the things that kind of came out of COVID and the timing was just right, we did a research grant with uh, ASU, mm -hmm. uh, School of Nurse Practitioners. And we, we wanted to do some, we, we were noticing that the, the individual children were really, um, and in mental health, we see mostly children, that a lot of it was a family issue, right? It mm. wasn't just the things that they were dealing. It wasn't just bullying at school. It was communication dynamics at home. So we did this research project with ASU and we call it the Family Herd Program. Mm -hmm. And it's really geared for anybody. Put your phones away, put your tablets away, get the family together. And it's really, we give you horses. We, we take you through this 90 minute, pretty involved, hands-on approach with horses. But they're giving you feedback on your communication dynamic through the eyes of the horse. So we're getting ready to launch that big time this, this fall. So we'll probably do two families a month. And then we're going to nationalize that program. So it's, the timing was good from yeah. a family standpoint, from people being locked in their house. And it's much more fun than goat yoga. So. <laughs> Well, and there's, yeah. there's some cute programs too, like um, in the summer, there's reading and writing, which is like really little kids. Like they, we don't yeah. even have a saddle for them uh -huh. and they read to the horses. So, you know, like they're learning, but they're having fun. And then they go through like a little obstacle course. It's adorable. Yeah. And that's just like a fun thing. Yeah, it's a quick wow. And then we had the, we just finished up. Uh, Pioneer Days. Pioneer Days, which was a math science critical thinking piece we wanted to put together for the kids. Cabela's and, and uh, Bass Pro got behind it. And the kids come in and they are given gold and they have to shop. It's almost like the Oregon Trail, build mm -hmm. your idea. But they have to learn how to build shelters. They do fly fishing. They did tracking. Uh, it's just a great, great little program. We did two weeks of that. And then, of course, the heat hits in. And it's, yeah, it's hard the to heat in, kills so. it for all of us <laughs> all over the state. So I, going back to the the 
reading, reading and writing, mm-hmm. reading and writing, R I D I N G, right? Yeah, yeah. not W R I T. Yes. So when I was first learning about my dyslexic daughter, and when she was young, the Yale Institute for Dyslexia says that if they are reading to animals, like like we have cats, let them read to the mm. cats because cats don't judge them, right? Horses don't judge them. So if they are struggling with reading, they get to practice reading with a very non-judgmental participant. And what a great way to practice. That's so, exactly what we do. Yeah. Right? yeah. That is and we super have the tortoise. Cool. I don't think Tortilla can't. We have, can't read the tortoise. We have two goats, which I think you'll just headbutt them and can't really read to them anymore. But they're, they're designed to do that with different animals. So. Yeah. Wow. Even a tortoise, you said? Yeah. Tortilla. 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 Yeah. She tortoise. lives in Tortilla Flats on campus. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Horses are an amazing confidence builder for kids. It's this giant animal. And then they're learning to like, te- you know, get that animal to trust them and follow them and follow commands. And um, it's, such a like organic and I don't want to call it spiritual, but something, it's just something that doesn't happen um, in human interaction that builds confidence that they wouldn't otherwise get. Right. Yeah. And the, and the use of the horse, the dynamic of the horse is it's, it's a flight animal, right? Mm-hmm. So you really have to get yourself together. Think about your breathing, your calmness, how you're going to understand its cues to, to bond. You know, you work with a dog they're going to love you unconditionally, right? right? You just true. get licked to death. Yeah. Horses are a little bit different. So right. it really challenges you. And that's really where we got a lot of the life skills development pieces for the kids in foster care that they could internalize and use that horse kind of as a mirror. So if the horse is avoiding them, they're understanding there's an issue. They're understanding how to... Now we're reading the dynamics of the person that you're interacting with. And then you can change your personal dynamics to engage more or understand those problems. Wow. Yeah. And I can say that even in class. So if you have a kid who is about to have, you know, like a anxious episode or they're tensing their legs or something, when you're the guide of the horse, your job is to like physiologically bring the energy down to a neutral level. Mm-hmm. So it's a good exercise for anyone who works with horses. And then you're also teaching that child to like self-regulate the same way. Right. Because everything that you're doing from the way you're holding the reins to like the way your posture is, like the horse feels all of that and is absorbing that energy. So it's an exercise in calming that energy and then moving through whatever the task is. And how interesting for those uh, neuroatypical kids who most of the time have trouble um, with social cues and things like that. And what a safe a safe place for them to learn that in versus with, you know, peers that can't always be kind in school when they don't understand jokes. Um, I know my daughter is now self-aware enough to be like, look at you and go, I don't understand sarcasm or I, I, I don't understand your social cue. Like, she's like, are you expecting me to laugh at that joke? I don't get it. So, you know that, but that has been a learned skill for her over time. And so I just think as a parent, that would have been a really neat opportunity when she was young or even now. So you guys are building a therapy pool, I hear. So the idea, the vision forward, right now we're in a position where we are use our horses till it's too hot. And then basically we shut down other than we're working hard, doing a lot of different other things admin wise. But as far as revenue streams and things like that, those kind of dissipate during this period of time. So the idea was to take a look at the, the physical plant of the center 
and what we did at Boulder Mountain uh, was we created some opportunities for those kids that eventually they'll come off horses and transition into aquatics. So they're still working on with a PT, if that's the case, gross motor stuff, they'll still be able to get in the pool. But again, we, we sustain a revenue stream. The other thing that we're getting to do part of this vision project is create some entrepreneurial thought with uh, some of the buildings we have. So Midwestern University is a great partner. We, we partner with a lot of the colleges and universities, but Midwestern, the vet school's on campus. But we went to OT school and they're doing hippotherapy with us. And we actually wrote an elective course for the OT school. So that's kind of cool. But we said, hey, listen, we've got, a, we've got a building. We've got a vision forward. And we'd like to be able to have some entrepreneurial thought, pro- thought for therapists that uh, would like to maybe see a few clients a week. And so we'd like you to design some features in a really cool environment uh, that would help that would help excite those clients to get them in there to have these therapists that, you know, a lot of these therapists, if you're debriding wounds in a, in a, as a, as a physical therapist in, in a burn unit uh, every day, all the, all the time, it gets a little old. I, right. You know, you need your own so they're looking so that, you know, if I can say, Hey, take one day a week, do your own thing, see some kids, here's a cool environment that you can engage in. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of the thought process to, to uh, create an opportunity in one of these buildings with the addition of the pool, but also some cool and unique features that are in that would be associated with the building and the, and the site. So one of the things that you run into, again, listening to the families mm-hmm. and you're going to the same room, seeing the same person doing the same thing every week with a physical therapist. And let's say you're doing gait training or something along those lines or spatial awareness or whatever. You get them out there at the ranch and you put a little small wheelbarrow with carrots in it and say, take that, that wheelbarrow and ride over the horses and we're going to deliver carrots to the horse. Well, they think that's the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? right? So they don't know they're doing gait training. They're just going through the process. So we had a really uh, enlightening development when we first started that we probably filled our, our clinic with 200 uh, clients that were all coming out of that boredom all coming out of that, this, I'm, my child is not motivated to go to therapy anymore. And we listened. So that's, you know, we created those kind of unique opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because dyslexia therapy gets pretty boring after yeah. three years. Right. And I, my admin, Lish, her son has done vision therapy. And I'm, we have shared our struggles as mothers of neuroatypical kids and getting them to complete the therapy. It's for their own good, right? right? Where your mom, we're trying to help you, but for the love of God, like we need, they need some but variety. If, but yeah. if, you know, I'm just thinking off the yeah. top of head, if, if we move that, that motivation onto yeah. a horse and they had letters to place oh. in certain directions around the arena to spell words or wow. interpret, that's, that would have been a, a blessing. Right? They'll go yeah. back. Yeah, they would have. It, even if, if it was just, you know, once a month or something like, hey, you complete right. this and then you get to go work with the horses. Like that would have been right. really amazing. So is that's in the works? Are you guys like currently building it? Do you have to raise funds for that? Like how does... Yes, we're actually okay. uh, pre-COVID, we were pretty much ready to go. And then, you know, then COVID hit. So we're, the vision's still there. We're actually re-ramping that up tooling that back together. We did get $350,000 in last year, wow. which was a very exciting. That was our first big, big push. So yeah, we'll get that ramped up probably in the next couple, two, three months, and then get that vision committee back together and we'll start going to work again. 
Very cool. Mm-hmm. So when when do you think that would be a realization? Maybe next summer? You know what? If you can get If somebody's read. listening right now, yeah. you want to come <laughs> right over and write me a check. We'll, we'll start next week. <laughs> well, let's talk about that because you are a not-for-profit. Correct. Right? Which means that you, I'm sure, have to... You've already talked about working with a variety of universities. I've seen on Chelsea's Instagram, there was something with Purina to like help them right. win, you know, food for the horses because I can imagine you go through a lot. Right. Um, what does marketing look like that? How, like, how do you reach out to those people? What kind, I mean, just how can uh, we help as individuals? Yeah. All the things. Well, a lot of that is just relationships, right? Mm-hmm. You find the right person to do the right thing. We try to do from a business standpoint, we want it to create a model where if somebody had that intention that we have our building blocks in place. We, we know here's the things that, that are in place to manage the money. Here's the contractors in place to do that. Here are the architects in place. Oh, by the way, you can come sit on the committee and help us finish the development of it. So, mm-hmm. cause we're talking about a really a covered arena. It's a phasing plan, but again, if somebody wrote the check tomorrow or they wanted to build a pool and put their <laughs> right. name on it, let's go. <laughs> right. If any of our clients are out there yeah. listening and it's a, I mean, it's a super, super amazing project. And it, and it, again, it's a, our idea for this whole vision is to create a, create a, an, a space that if we never got another dollar donated to us, we could still make it work. Right. And that's the idea. So these, the physical plant makeup helps us. The covered arena is the first on the phase. So covered arena, side it, air condition it, extends our ride year. Last year, I think we lost 30 some days of inclement weather. Mm-hmm. So you don't, don't have those. We, we, God bless us. We put a, a beautiful, uh, event together called the Big Bad Barn Bash every year. And we just pray there's not going to be any rain and knock on wood. There's, we haven't had any. But if you have a covered space, a covered arena. You then know, you, you don't have to pray anymore. Right. right. To, well, we still pray. <laughs> right. But not for, but, not because of yeah, weather. <laughs> right. right. So. Um, so I, I would say for fundraising, um, one of the things that um, I've tried to bring to Horses Help is um, they've taken over some wine festivals. Correct me if I'm saying this no, wrong. Okay. <laughs> Where if Horses Help brings the manpower for the festival, then they get the proceeds from the festival. Mm-hmm. So the Carefree Wine and Art Festival was a couple months ago. Yeah. It's going to be three times a year. Um, uh, so it's been a great opportunity. I've pulled other people from like my networking groups to be the manpower because there's really no better networking than hanging out in the sun at a fun festival and then organically meeting people who may become clients or you can refer to someone else. Um, so that's a thing. And then, um, yeah, Barn Bash, I got to bartend at last year. It is a blast. <laughs> I'm so glad you're still putting those skills. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big skill set, Carla. <laughs> uh, we're the, we're the, uh, we're the uh, charity of choice for the Arabian Horse Show. So we, again, we leverage our manpower. And Chelsea, uh, God love her. We've gone to her somebody and said, hey, listen, we've got a, we've signed up for another wine festival. We've, <laughs> you know, we've got, we're out at Cardinal Stadium. We've got two kiosks out there. Uh, each one of those games generates about $4,500. And we just need manpower to run those every, every home game. So there's a lot of things we're doing out there in the community. This year, we're really excited about resurrecting the, the show teams. So we've got the military show team and we've got um, some of the kids on our program and we're working with the National Snaffle Bit Association. They are just show only, any breed, any show, they'll support you and give you, the, and they've got great, they've got great uh, 
rules and instructions, right? We used to do Special Olympics Equestrians Arizona, and and we we took it over and ran it for about six years. And we we did the World Games. We had kids that made the national team. It was wonderful, but they really they made a little change in their network, so that's it's not as horse friendly in their mm. in their network. So the National Snaffle Bit Association, I think, is stepping up for that. So we're most of the centers. I've got all them collectively getting to to promote that this year. And it'll be fun because the kids can, they don't just stay in the arena. They don't just don't go on a trail ride. They can actually work to compete, to go to special events and games in other states. And things How like neat. That. Yeah. Now what, what, going back a little bit, what is a show team? What does that mean? So like the Arabian horse show uh, is a perfect example. It's an Arabian breed show, but you have people that come to it because they want to compete. They want to show their, oh. demonstrate their skill sets. And they win awards for that. And the horses win awards. And the horses, I mean, there's lots of stuff in that. So basically, our kids would go out there and demonstrate skill sets that they've learned on the horse. Can So can I ask skill yeah. sets like jumping? jumping okay. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. For jumping, us non-horse people. Dressage, I'm like, which is like a horse dancing, basically. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, Do you make the horse dance? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's its own discipline. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And so they, where do they do the shows? Like at the fair or Westworld, like, you know, like? Westworld's, we're going to do two this year uh, at Westworld. Well, one with the American Quarter Horse Association mm -hmm. and uh, another one with the Hunter Jumper Association. So we'll be out there and they'll generate a couple of classes just for us, for our special needs kids. And we'll be out there uh, letting them strut their stuff. <laughs> well, that's really cool. And yeah. so not only are they, not only is it, a therapy that they're receiving, but they also get to use those skills, mm -hmm. you know, in, in real life applications such as, such right. as the shows. The cool thing about some of the kids and the families that come to us, that, that individual that we're seeing, that little eight year old little guy that hasn't been able to do anything his brothers and sisters have been able to do, maybe it's soccer or mm -hmm. softball or gymnastics or whatever it might be. They get on a horse. They're the only ones in the family doing that. It's very empowering, uplifting, builds tons of confidence. I mean, it's just, it's really neat to see. No, I can totally understand yeah. that. Like I said, my my dyslexic daughter, my other daughter is very neurotypical and does karate and softball. And like, she can do all the things. And my dyslexic daughter struggles a lot in those right. areas. So I can definitely uh, have a personal relation to that. And I'm sure a lot of parents can, right? Even mm -hmm. if you don't know that your children are neuroatypical, even if you you just know that they're quirky or there's something off, there probably is something there and they could probably benefit from mm -hmm. any type of um, equestrian. Sport. And yeah, even if you have a neurotypical child, like the discipline of working with horses and like understanding all of the special care. I mean, it's humbling like mm -hmm. to get out there with a shovel and actually do some work instead mm -hmm. of like sitting on your iPad all day. Um, it's like, I think it's an experience everyone should have. Just like I think everybody should work in the service industry for a little bit so they right? know how to treat people I better. talk to my kids about that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I always tell them, you'll be amazed at how people treat you when you're serving their food to them. And I think that you should work in that so that you know how to not treat people when they are, ser when they are serving food to you. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just my own parent. And, and just the socialization and interaction, yeah. getting back out there and doing that. I mean, it's, it's so important. And right. And the writing component for kids on the spectrum that really didn't interpret what the smile was or mm -hmm. what the, you know, wink or, you know, pat on the back or a handshake for them to be in a, 
in a group setting, and we ride four horses at max at time, and they're with their buddies, and they begin to understand uh, that socialization aspect, and and they they actually uh, can work through some of those things. Yeah, so they kind of bond in like a little yeah. small group. And that was my question: same. is what 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 group size is that? Yeah, it's usually three or four. Yeah. And how neat for them to see other, you know, neuroatypical kids, other spectrum kids, you know, that also aren't taking social cues or or anything, you know, because they live in a sea of of people that don't understand them. And then now you're in a small group of people that understand who you are and they don't have to explain it because. Well, and yeah, I mean, and the kids, the kids get energized from that, but the parents also create these bonds, Mm -hmm. you know, and they. Now they have somebody, maybe they were a little embarrassed to talk about some of the issues that they were going through the family. Now they can open up and have some of those conversations. Yeah. And Interestingly that, enough, um, one of the parents from our class I had coffee with yesterday, he's okay. a lender, was like, how do you get involved in all these things? I want to do something to give back. You know, his daughter obviously benefits from the program in a huge way. So, so yeah, it's been great when those worlds collide. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even, you're right. Like, it, there is a struggle that the parents have on this side of things, you know, just trying to get their Mm -hmm. kids the best help and how neat that it's just, it's all brought together by horses. Right. That's really cool. What a neat program. Yeah. And volunteers. Well, right. And the volunteers are the big, I mean, Shannon Chelsea can tell you, I start, I mean, we're all started volunteers at some point in time, but we get more out of it, I think, sometimes than the kiddos do, right? It's just, you you see you crying, you see Uh hugging, you see, you know, all those kind of wins out there with, people that are just giving us their, their time. So what's a barn bash? I'm so like, I get what a wine festival is, but yeah. I've never heard of the barn bash. That sounds fun. So it is fun. It's, uh, it's the barn bash is our largest fundraising event. It's, uh, if you can picture in the arena, there's 600 people sit down, Jimmy Buffett stage, Cabela's could be out there fly fishing on the side. You have wine tasting, you've got uh, silent auction. Silent auction. You've got casino, casino night, which is, goes, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's like four bars. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing to see a barn transform into like a I concert sit, I sit back every year. So this is our 17th, I think, coming up. And it really started out as, as a yard sale. Okay. But it, <laughs> well, the, what an evolution. Right? So the, la- <laughs> the last yard sale we had, we tied a dinner to it. Mm-hmm. So if you bought into the dinner, you could get discounts on the and first look at everything that we had and literally we fill up two arenas full of stuff and now oh my gosh anyway people were excited and then they started while we're there in conversation during the dinner they started talking about the horses so i said hey bring this horse out so they brought a horse out and i said this horse needs some help and mm-hmm. some support and oh my gosh we had we made like it without even knowing what we were doing and we still don't know what we're doing but <laughs> Without even knowing, we did, we raised like $10,000 that night just for horse support, just bringing them out, let people pet them and adopt them and whatever yeah. we were doing. That yeah. Fun. I mean, the, the prizes and stuff are really nice stuff, like um, in the silent auction. And then there's vendor tables, like, um, yeah, I mean, jewelry and chocolate are and Are there tequila sponsorship and, opportunities? Of course there mm, are. Absolutely. Where you say have like your banner out. Or something along those lines. We've got banners out. We've got you can you can Different sponsor uh, tables at the at the casino night at the casino. You can actually be there and deal if they want it. You want to promote your business. Um, we've got the new trailer being wrapped, so we're going to have sponsorship opportunities that'll be out there. So the lots there's 
if you just get hold of me I'll, yeah. and or Chelsea, we'll, we'll send you in the right direction. I'm thinking MHG Commercial needs a table. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I mean, we sure. got to do the golf tournament this year, That's, which was awesome. Yeah. That was like right as you were coming over. Yep. That was mm-hmm. one of the first things you had brought up. Um, and I know our broker uh, is from Snowflake and is a genuine cowboy. <laughs> and his wife is a genuine rodeo queen. And... Um, they love horses and they are involved in that community as well. So I, it was an easy fit when Chelsea brought it up. It was like done. Like yeah. why? Why did we not know about this already? So I can almost guarantee we will probably be at the barn bash. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. In fact, we should put it on his agenda. <laughs> November fifth. I was just gonna. That was First my next Saturday question. In November, every yeah. year. Sign Dutch up. Yeah, sign, <laughs> sign the Dutchers. And you know what? The, the nice thing about the, this event it's a it's a community involved event, right? So we have lots of corporate. I don't want to say they're sponsors, just corporate right. partners, right? right? So Intel and Boeing and and uh, Vanguard and Sanderson Ford, which is, they're like, fa- they're fam- everybody's family. Mm-hmm. But they'll come out the week before and get things prepped and they'll help out because they have a, they need a volunteer day. Mm-hmm. We have tons of those opportunities. We love group volunteers. We have lots of projects. Like Chelsea said, we're at the wine festivals now. Those are amazing opportunities, not only for individual people that are looking to promote their business, but it's also a great, fun time to be out there and and give back. And so I am our PTA president for the school, and I love giving back to the kids um, just in a different way, right? We very much are an advocate for uh, kids in our school that don't have a voice and um, to just make them be prideful in their school and have school spirit so that because studies show if they have it at the elementary school age that that'll carry on through their high school years and on, right? We struggle getting bodies, getting volunteers. Is that where you guys struggle as well? I'm interested in what your struggles are. Getting bodies this past year coming out of COVID, well, COVID was an issue, but right. coming out of COVID, we we uh, rely heavily on these large businesses, right? So the vanguards and the ones we just mentioned, American Express, these are businesses around us that we usually engage, but they aren't even back on campus yet. Some mm. of them are just going back now. So we struggled this past year with our big volume kind of helpers. Yeah. Individuals, I think it's just a really romantic notion to come see kids and horses. Mm-hmm. So the draw is there. We we have a volunteer orientation every month, first Monday of every month. And we usually have 20, 25 folks in that. And the, and our volunteers, our volunteers tend to stay. We don't have a lot of, there's certain turnover. Students are going to turn over if they're engaging for class or something like that. But for the most part, the, the our bulk of our volunteers have been with us. We've had volunteers have been with us 10, 15 years. We actually had a volunteer, my first, so this is 20 years ago, had a volunteer come back in an orientation this year with her old, with the old Horses Help oh, logo. Wow. And I recognized it and I said, Sally? And, you know, <laughs> we're all older, my, you know, gray hair and more bumps on our bodies. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she said, yeah, I, I just was thinking about you and I thought I could come help and I saw you needed, uh, you had an orientation come on. So, Yeah. It is difficult to get volunteers, but I think once they're out there and they see what's going on, uh, it's an easy sell. Are you able to utilize uh, high school age students? Um, so we're we're a PATH Premier Credit Center. There's only three in the state, which means we're audited every five years. PATH sets our industry standard. The industry standard for us is 14. Hmm. We raise that bar to 16. Okay. 
if we have students, and we do make exceptions, if we have mature students that are actively been around horses and can really contribute, then we allow them in at a little younger age. Now, we do have some of the school participants, you know, maybe 12 mm-hmm. that want to do things too. And when we have the shows, when we have them on campus, they'll come to campus and they'll help with face painting for the little guys. Or oh, yeah. yeah. So they have opportunities because oh, yeah. I'm Our thinking gardening of like... And- just um, helping out around the the barn without interacting with the horses. Yeah. Because the thing about horses help is the horses are the resource. So when we go through orientation, we learn like these aren't like just pets. Like you don't go up and like kiss them on the face. Right. And, yeah. You know, because they would get burnt out. So they part of the um, the orientation is understanding how to keep the horses engaged and not burn out from right. too much attention or the wrong kind of attention because right. they are a resource. Well, because I'm thinking of like National Honor Society, they have mandatory volunteer hours, um, FFA, Future Farmers of America, 4-H, like you had mentioned earlier, you know, all kinds of organizations that have a variety of ages. So it'd be really hard to put a cap on it. But if there's other opportunities for them, then. Absolutely. And I see some additional opportunities with some of these show teams like the FFA, some of those folks uh, and those kiddos. We open up, we have a little thing on campus called uh, Tax Fifth Avenue. So we get tack that's donated from all over. What is tack? So it'd be saddles or bridles or lead ropes or... And horse people understand this, but other people don't. Everything equine related is expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Really expensive. Like I've heard. So I met, I just went to Sedona last weekend and I'm very outgoing. So I'm chatting with everybody. It's also at a wine tasting, which makes chatting a (laughs) lot easier. And um, one of the guys is from Kentucky. And I'm like, oh, how interesting. I've never been to Kentucky, but I've always wanted to go to the Kentucky Derby. And he's like, yeah, I train the horses. And I was like, what? That's oh, wow. I don't even need to know about horses to know that that's pretty dang cool. And that's what he was saying. He was like, the the amount of money some of this stuff costs is pretty intense. Amazing. So I, that's, you know, where why... Um, some of my questions are around, like, how, how are, you know, yeah. how are you doing that? I mean, we have to be creative. So the tax store last year generated about $10,000. And we literally get this this merchandise in, if you will, used used equipment, and we put it on sale once a month. The volunteers manage that, and uh, we sell it for pennies on the dollar. So, and that's why I was wow. talking about the 4-H kids. We open the doors. If those kids need something, they can come in and get what they want. So those folks, there's some sheriffs, posse groups that are working with young kids. Anybody that needs something like that, that's community driven, we let them come in and. And we take care of them. And that's all in the North Phoenix location, right? So if anybody wants to volunteer, then they have to perhaps Mm. uh, commute. Like we are in Northeast Mesa. For the most part, you're correct. Yeah. But we have Cardinals crew out at Cardinal Stadium in Glendale. Mm -hmm. We're at those home games every every home game. We're managing those two kiosks. And uh, chicken and things. I don't even know what the things what? are, but we cook them. I don't know. <laughs> what the? Oh, you're cooking it's, it's at Cardinal. Okay, yeah, so got we're it. we're managing the little, you know, snack popcorn stands. and beer snack yeah. tent oh. and beer portable. So if you're out in Glendale area and you and you want something to do, <laughs> uh, you could always call, give us a call and we'll sign you up for the Cardinals crew. Uh, then I'm like, can you see the game from the booth? Maybe you hear a lot. <laughs> you of the hear game. a lot. Yeah. Actually, the beer portable can see the game, but the. Yeah. The, our chicken stand is just a sea of people. So, and we just put our heads down and we cook chicken. Like, I don't even know how many chickens there are. Like in a chicken Arizona, with your head but, cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so that's a, you know, those, those things are available. So in locations and at West world, when we're out there, I mean, we just, we, again, we want to leverage the manpower that we can, we can get. Kind of try and spread it as much through the valley as you can. Mm -hmm. Any opportunities in East Valley besides West world? Cause that's in Scottsdale for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. So the East Valley actually, we're usually down at the Queen Creek rodeo and have a booth down there. So we'll be down there, um, kind of talking about what we do and, and some of the other centers. So we're, we'll be down there helping. Um, we help with some of the counted shooting events that are around uh, the state. So we, we do that as well. Like uh, I know usury passes out by me. Do they have mm-hmm. events? Usury pass. Um, that's really close to our, the other clinic. Oh, okay. So then you could, must be right by me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they could certainly look, uh, look and just give us a shout. Very cool. Yeah. How interesting. So one thing I also wanted to mention is um, for people that have kids that are really interested in getting into the equine world um, that think like, oh, we'll just get our own horse. Um, I think a lot of people (laughs) don't understand that horses live to be over 30. So it's a really long commitment. And that's a commitment to hoof care and teeth and shoes and medicine and a ton of food and shelter and water and, and, and. Right. Um, so aside from just having a physical space, like you have a job if right. you have a horse, it's yeah. not, you know, you don't just like let them in and out. Um, and in you the, don't. in the last economic downturn in 2008, oh. a lot of horses got dumped because that's the first thing yeah. or somebody's boarding them somewhere out of sight, out of mind. I don't have, you know, it becomes like an accessory, like an extra car instead of like your dog that you obviously wouldn't just like dump somewhere. We hope not. Yeah, we hope not. For people that, you know, have kids that are horse crazy like I was, unfortunately, my parents didn't get a horse because they would have got rid of it as soon as I went to college. Yeah. It's great to have, you know, centers like this where people really learn what they would be getting into if they wanted to take on a horse themselves. And it's, it's so true. We have, I've had in past years, parents specifically come with their child to, they said, do you have a program where I can, we can work with a horse and and clean up after the horse and have my child understand what it takes to do that. I mean, it's actually a thing. But it's not just a pretty pony. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Like you said, like an accessory. Well, and then I think that people don't realize that there's zoning issues for having a horse. So right. if you just have like a traditional single family house right. and, you know, a, do- a 2.5 dogs and a cat or whatever, that will not fit a horse. Right. You, there are places you can't even have an acre and it will fit a horse. Like there is specific zoning in the state of Arizona for how many horses you can have, where you can have them. You can't just put one in your backyard. That's yeah. Not and how it's it different in almost every municipality. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say the, from a cost standpoint, mm-hmm. this year has probably been the most out of control cost that we've ever seen ever. So typically a bale of hay, you know, couple of years ago, it would have cost me 10 to $12. Okay. It's over 20, it's $25 a bale now. So you are being affected by inflation we also. Are get, we are, matter of fact, this summer, we always do a summer appeal, some kind of drive to raise money for okay. something specific. We're just going to do a summer hay appeal. Okay. Because it's that important. And the average person, you know, if you, that's a lot of money out of their pocket. If you've got two <laughs> horses and you're, and it's $25 a bale. A yeah. yeah. You've yeah. doubled or tripled your cost. How much does how much does one bale of hay? Because that's your cost double. So how much does one bale of hay feed? 
a one bale of hay will feed a horse for a couple, two, three days. That's it. One yeah. horse. And there's how many? And how Especially many we're horses, feeding three. Yeah. We're feeding three times a day. Yeah. You know, just to keep because horses are are foraging animals, right? Mm-hmm. So you you can't interrupt that that process. So right. you you keep hay on on them uh, consistently to make sure they're healthy. Right. And uh, and just and the the cost of all the hay. It's not just a few bale, a few places, and it's all over the state. Actually, it's all over the country, but definitely all over the state. I I reached out to our folks in Yuma mm-hmm. uh, this past week, and they're struggling to keep up with demand. Yeah, Alexis at Tierra Madre said they're spending nine hundred dollars a week to yeah. feed their herd. Yeah, just in hay. Just hay. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not supplements. That's not grain. Right. That's just and. Forgive my ignorance, but just grass. <laughs> I literally think of it as like hay and like a trough that they just kind of like wander by and like snack on. Right? Is that how it looks? No, I like your, the way you well, smile. <laughs> oh, you wanted to pat my head. Huh? <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're putting you're putting hay in their stall, yeah. for them to forage on during that period of time, right? But the hay is a it's a it's all got different protein contents and sugar content. You have to be really, it's, you have to, it's a science on the way you feed them. Wow. Um, so, you, you know, you have to kind of know what you're doing there. So then what does... Not, they don't eat cow hay, like straw. There's difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So like yeah. the, um, some horses get alfalfa, but alfalfa has a sugar content. So if you have a horse that has laminitis or, you know, basically like equine diabetes, which they yeah. can get, then uh, alfalfa is too sweet bad for them. Bad feet, bad eyes. Um, if they're on a Bermuda diet, but there's even too much sugar in the Bermuda, you have to soak it to soak the sugar out. So they eat the hay wet. So there's, that's two hays. Is there more? Timothy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We just bought some Teff sample. Wow. And so where are these grown? Are they grown here? Do you have to import them? Actually, Arizona is is one of the premier growers in the nation because we have great summer, right? Mm -hmm. We've got good irrigation. And now the pricing, I see a lot of fields transitioning into hay mm-hmm. because the prices are astronomical but it, ta- it costs a lot of money if you're driving diesel vehicles and tractors yeah. and things to maintain that we've seen what know. the price of diesel gas has mm-hmm. gone to as well so it's not just the hay costs it's right. all the costs yes so then what's the hay appeal is that like we'll do some cute things about uh, um about just trying to drive the mindset that if you're going to, if you're thinking about or, or you've helped horses up in the past, we want you to know that you'll focus, that what we're focusing on now is the nutrition and health and well-being of those horses. Mm-hmm. And it's costing us X number of dollars more than it's ever cost us before. And we're having to react to that. So we're trying to onboard those folks to say, you know, it's, maybe we don't need as much scholarship money uh, for the first quarter, you know, and we'll but we definitely need hay, hay, hay money. Hmm. And so that's like the, you know, some of the sponsors you were talking about or right. the partnerships that you have, mm-hmm. or even just, even just anyone off the street can just oh, yeah. kind of say, Hey, I'd like to donate $50 or a hundred dollars yeah, or the whatever. Yeah, the website for Horses Help, you can sponsor a horse, you can do, you could sign up to do a quarterly donation. And, you know, for folks like us that are 1099s, we need those tax write-offs mm-hmm. wherever we can get them. <laughs> yeah. You know, we count our pennies, not our dollars. So right. that $5 monthly donor, if we can turn that $5 month dollar monthly donor on for the summer mm-hmm. when we don't have any revenue streams, because we're literally walking into that July, August uh, set where we don't have that revenue stream mm-hmm. coming in, and we still have to buy hay. Wow. So no, no donation is too small. 
No donations. There's no, there's no, no minimum. I will hug your neck if you give me <laughs> 50 cents. <laughs> because you're counting pennies, not dollars. That's right. This has been super fascinating. Is there any any other nuggets of information you you want to give the listeners or give the people of Arizona? I think that, and Chelsea talked about a little bit as well, if you want to enrich your, and whether you volunteer for Horses Help or anybody else, I would say engage in your community. You know, celebrate life. Get out there, move around, meet some new friends. We're coming out of that COVID time where you're sitting on your couch and didn't have anywhere to go. It's a cool place. I mean, I have people that come out that just come out and sit on the patio, right? We've got a nice little patio uh, and just read or whatever they want to do. But have the time, you know, I would just say, if I could make an appeal to anybody, just get up and involve yourself in your community, whether it's Horses Help or somebody else. I know Chelsea volunteers. I volunteer at different places. But yeah, just get out and enjoy life. So, and also like... Chelsea was new here from New York and that's how she, you know, made new friends and connections and, you know, kind of made this make her feel like her home. As we're coming out of COVID, I think a lot of people's mental health is being challenged as they're not returning to work, they're not returning to the office, their social structure is gone, and they're trying to look at, like, what does that even mean now? I think what a great opportunity mm -hmm. to not only connect with like-minded people, but, you know, potentially connect with a horse yeah. and, you know, have that bonding experience. And, and, you know, horses, we get a lot of people, again, that that uh, uniqueness, that mindset of, I want to work with children and horses is kind of cool, but you get out there and all of a sudden it's hot and there's flies yeah, right. and it's stinky. <laughs> That's not for me. Well, right. you know what? We've got events committees. we got admin right. stuff going on. I, I need, I put together a little grant writing committee. If you want to learn how to write grants, come out and engage. But, uh, you know, get out. I, I tell you what, if you just get out there and just come visit, right, mm -hmm. Chelsea, during, we're, we're not, don't have anybody up, up and riding now, but if you just come out and visit, you'll get, you'll feel that when you hit the campus, People are smiling and they're engaging yeah. you and, you know, everybody's there with something great in their heart. Nobody came there to say, oh, I'm going to be miserable. Right. <laughs> it's a very welcoming <laughs> right? place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. When you're building a new community or re-entering the community, going somewhere where people are volunteering, like Greg said, you aren't going to meet anybody who doesn't have good intentions and heart. Right. Who's sweating in the sun. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting On flies purpose. all over yeah. And, yeah. Well, because um, I would fall in that category. I would be like, this sounds so neat. Let me show up in in my heels. And like, <laughs> I, it, I would be like, okay, can we do something else? I'm very right. business-minded. I'm really smart. Yeah. Well, I and, just, I'm not physical. And Horses Health has a great training room also. Oh, okay. So that if you wanted to do like a class or something and you're in like the North Phoenix Cave Creek area, that's something that would be available to you. Sure. That would be cool. So do they rent the training room or how does that um, work? Usually for a non, if a nonprofit entity wants to meet there, like in you know, Down Syndrome Network or something, we just offer that up. But it's a lot of the, we've had classes and certifications and different things. Mm -hmm. uh, Midwestern University, we try to do at least two educational components that are meaningful to the community, mm -hmm. at least uh, two a quarter. So just follow us on the website. You'll see what's going on. If you had a business like... Um, Safeway is down. The Safeway campus is down the road. They, although everything's done there, they wanted to get out off campus. So, mm -hmm. like we had their diversity training team come over and they cook out. They use the cool. campus. They just smell the horses. It's just different, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're absolutely love to talk to you about any of that if somebody had a need. And then, like you said, you're encouraging people to like come hang out, come get to know you. Is is 
that legitimate? Can you just like drive up and like start waving and be welcomed or is there a registration or? Yeah, well, usually when you get on campus, we do have people that usually call and say, we'd love to see what you're about. Mm -hmm. We invite them up and we'll have somebody there to either give them a tour or say, yeah, classes are going on on these particular dates. You know, here's the protocol for that. We have a lot of people because horses help. What does that mean, right? So people right. drive by campus all the time. What does horses help? So they drive in. They and then we, we. I love to get them when they walk in because I know once I get them on campus and I spend some time with them, they're going to hang, right? They're going to get engaged in some way. And then if I can introduce them to Chelsea, then they just follow. Then her they're done. It's over. <laughs> they're in. And then they bought a house, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then Chelsea gets to help them with all their real estate needs. Right. Yeah. Win win. Yeah. yeah. So horseshelp.org is the website that has information about the programs. You can sign up to donate, um, sign up for the next volunteer orientation. Actually, if you want to get up early, the last event of the ride year is the Pony Express leaves from Horses Help on June 30th. And 60 riders from the J.C. Comancheros Pony Express uh, have commemorative letters that they are, actually you can come by the center and pick them up, fill them out before next week. And they will actually carry the mail with our little rider leading the first leg across the street to the post office. <laughs> and then they'll ride 60 riders up to uh, the Prescott Rodeo. And uh, they'll do the parade and things up there. But it's a great reenactment. We've been doing it for like 15 yeah. years. Those they, guys are a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun at the golf tournament. Yeah. <laughs> they raised a lot of money a lot of money for us. And they're just tremendous people that ha that just love to take that piece of history and and show it off. Well, again, kind of going back to in the beginning, what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, right? Like Arizona still does have a very much a wild, wild west component yeah. that is super exciting. And I know that those of us that love it here want to embrace that. So I think that that's really cool. And what a cool way to end this. I want you guys to to let everybody know. I know you mentioned the website, but let's do it again. How can they get a hold of you? How can they volunteer? What is the best way to do that? Uh, I I think in, engaging in uh, either following us on Facebook, which is where horseshelp.org uh, there, and we're uh, and our website is www.horseshelp.org. And they can get all the information about from classes and events and engaging and volunteering. And then uh, they've got all the phone numbers. If they want to call me, I'm available 24-7 pretty much for the last 18 years. <laughs> and they can also donate through that website? Love to have them donate. And if there's questions about any of that, uh, you know, just give, give us a call. I would also, and again, I would encourage you to come by. If you're thinking about supporting a, a nonprofit entity, what better way than to go get a tour, right? Mm -hmm. Spend some time with me or Chelsea or whoever. Uh, get a tour and find out, get the feeling, right? Get that, feel that, that karma. Yeah. And that is scheduled? That, yeah. You just call, mm -hmm. you may call, we'll schedule the time at pretty much at your convenience. And uh, we'd love to give you a tour and show you what's going on. At horseshelp.org. Yeah. And then what about Miss Chelsea? How can they get a hold of you if they need a, a, previous bartending horse enthusiast real estate agent. I'm I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> cool person. Um my Instagram, Tiny Desert Agent Agent, excuse me. Um my Facebook, Chelsea Baracco. I'm the one and only. Uh or they can just give me a call. Uh, I still have a New York number. It's 518-888-4360. And then for all the followers that we have at Investment Real Estate AZ, both organizations or this organization and Chelsea are also linked on my Instagram and easy to get a hold of. Thank you guys so Thank much. You. This was so informative and fun. I appreciate fun. your time. Not a problem. 
You've been listening to Smashing Through Walls, a place for robust conversations about the building and blocks of Arizona commercial and real estate investments. Host Carla McGee is a commercial real estate broker with MHG Commercial, powered by My Home Group. The opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of My Home Group and do not constitute any offer or advertisement of business or services. The real estate market is cyclical and listeners assume all responsibility should any return on investment, tax consequences, credit effects, or financing terms not meet their expectations. Guests may not be qualified to provide financial, legal, or tax advice regarding a real estate transaction. Listeners are advised to obtain professional tax and legal advice and counsel. 